they they believe that you know they were everything has been invented already, and there's nothing more can do. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not possible. You know, like you can never stop inventing. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Founders Journey series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at terraleap.io. Today, I am joined by my guest, Ike Kavas, who's based in LA area. He's the CEO and founder at Evasoft. Now, this is actually part two of our discussion. Go back and listen to part one, where we heard more about uh, their platform, which is an intelligent document processing solution. Actually, it's both an underlying technology as well as custom solutions. They're working with companies around the world, including the IRS. And this time, though, I want to dig more into your story, Ike, because... It's one of the ones that I love, immigrant coming in, $100 in your pocket, right? And you've got to figure out what to do. Help me understand, how do you go from that to now, years later, running a successful business that servicing companies around the world? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think um, if I had to describe it, I think it's, it's, it's the grit. Um, you know, there's there's so many ups and downs. Um, you have to be optimistic and, and methodically hardworking, I think. And if you put that together, um, start, stars start to align and things start to happen. So it's an um, underlying grit. You're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to make something happen. Uh, what, what year did you uh, immigrate into the state? I, I came two months before the, the September 11th. So 2001. Okay. 2001. Yes. And then... From there, that, that the journey that that what what was the journey like? Did you start just working in technology? Were you already interested at that point, or so I, I'm originally from Turkey, and um, even though I grew up in a in a farm um, selling watermelons um, to, to make some money, um, I I was lucky enough to um, go to a college in Turkey where um, I studied electronics and computer architecture. And um, when I, so, and then the school was in English. So it was one of those rare cases where um, professors actually talked, uh, education language was in English. So I got to learn the, the language as well. That's helpful for um, you already. Yeah. Get that. Yes. that and then right I there. started working with tech companies there um, in, in, in Turkey. Um, okay. Um, then, you know, I, 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 I tried to start some companies there with, with my friends because um, with, with no money, you know, you go to competitions, see if you can win it. I got number two, so that didn't work out. And then, um, then I, um, Turkey was too small. Um, so wanted to come out, um, tried Germany, and then somebody said, you're in the computer business. Why don't you go to, you know, America? That's where the future is. I said, you're right. So... I somehow put together uh, my tickets. I came here with um, a return ticket, um, 30 days to expire. So I had 30 days to find a job. And as you can imagine, I didn't even have money to buy a computer. So I I went to the college here. Um, They weren't checking IDs and I was young then. I looked like a student. So I, I started using their computers to send my resumes and I created a pivot table about my skills and the companies apply and apply. Um, methodical, but, you know, headstrong. Um, on day 27, I found a job. 
And I, I was able to, you know, the job that also had to sponsor me for H1B, if you, um, if you know what I mean. So and that was MGI? Is that, um, it, or it, is that Cofactor? Correct, it, MGI. It is, MGI, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then from there, so, what happened? Yeah, um, I'm, I worked there. It didn't work out, uh, therefore, as a, as a company. Um, and then I find my, find my way into Cofax. Um, at, when I was in Turkey, I actually knew their products um, already. So I got trained on it. Um, and then when I came in, um, I was the, the lowest ranking professional services consultant. Um, but but I, I'm used to putting 150%. So I think um, I got promoted six times in four and a half years there. Um, the long story short, I became an um, architect of the Global Excellence Center. Um, and then um, when, when I realized they, you know, they kind of gave up on, on this industry that I, I grew up in. Um, and, and then doing, um, they, they believe that, you know, they were, everything has been invented already. Uh, and there's nothing more can do. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not possible. You know, like you can never stop inventing. Uh, you can never stop innovating. So, um, I left, um, started FSOft and then, um, I didn't have a lot of network. Um, I, I went to some angel investors. Of course, they closed the door on me. Um, they said, they said, eh, no. um, I ended up bootstrapping the company. So um, build the software by working as a um, contractor, some other places, and then uh, build the software. I sold it and then hired more engineers, sold more software, hired more engineers, more salespeople. So the software sales actually build the company to, to build more software. It's traditional bootstrapping method. Yeah. We're funded. Yeah. Just being able to, to each customer, you build the product and then you take that revenue, keep, keep, keep growing. Yeah. You were, you naturally just found yourself in that the sales role came, came easy for you. And you're like, oh, all right, I'll just keep selling. Or were you more on the engineering side or was it a combination? Um, nothing comes naturally. I mean, maybe it's maybe a little bit, but you, you have to, you know, deliberately work on it. So to give you an example, I think um, before I started FSOft, I, I read a lot of sales books, accounting books, right? The, how to start a business, how to sell a business. And when I was at Kofax, I found um, a sales leader. I told him, I said, can you take me as your apprentice? I want to learn sales. So he took me under his wings and started teaching me, you know, he gave me, okay, you need to finish these four documents and then you have a right to go join to my meetings. And then he, he taught me how to do sales and then sales management. So you may, to, to everybody, if all the um, entrepreneurs out there, I think, right, um, you might be skilled, you might have talent when you're born, but if you don't work on it, you know, that's not going to, take you far. So you have to keep, uh, keep sharpening practicing. your skills. Yeah. 
So you, you, you jump ship from Kofax, say, I'm going to start a business, couldn't get the angel funding. So you're like, well, I guess I'll just start selling because I've been practicing that. And you go in, you make a sale, you build the software, get some higher and some engineers, then you go build another software for another company. So it's very service-based um, software building at that point. You bootstrap for seven, you've been bootstrap for seven years. Is that correct? Yeah. Managing cash. <laughs> Yes, it, you know, um, we had a few near-death experiences, <laughs> um, but, you know, um, something always came through. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I, I had no doubt that it was going to be successful. I, I don't think everybody around me thought that way, but just um, I, I had absolute conviction that it was, it was going to work out. And it always did. The, the last minute we closed another deal. And, and pay the salaries of that month. And we never, we never not paid any salaries. Uh, but those near-death experiences teaches you a lot. Um, yeah, uh, but, but at the same time, you know, like, even though my mission these days is to tell entrepreneurs the Silicon Valley way is not the only way, right? You don't have to go to investors, raise money on day one. Um, to build a great company. There is still, you know, you sell, you make money, you spend less than you make and the traditional business model, right? Uh, the, 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 the margin profit. you keep, you keep uh, putting back in. Yes. Uh, it, that takes the grit though. The one, the word that you used at the, right at the beginning, if you don't have grit to keep pushing through that, you're not going to make it. That's right. Yes. And but, but at the same time, I'm not also saying Silicon Valley investors are bad, right? I'm just saying, there are multiple ways to start and grow a business and you just need to decide what is right at the right time. And after seven years, like you said, um, we, were, we, we, we passed the $10 million at that point, point. And I said, okay, I've never gotten to $100 million before, um, right? So maybe I should bring some people who's done this several times and then they can be my advisor. So I went and then brought the investors at that point um, um, to join the company so that we can actually not focus on day-to-day cash, but, you know, how to build the best software, how to grow the company, how to, you know, nurture the employees to get the next level for, for them personally. So that was about three, four, four years ago, uh, if, if I got my numbers right, that you, you hit the 10 million in revenue market, like, all right, I've never been to 100 million. How do I get there? I need some outside. It's more than just maybe money. It's that that insight and connections. Well, yeah. what what would you say is when you're when you're seeking funding, seeking that that investment? What are some common challenges or problems one could make and need to avoid and, and look for in that type of funding relationship? As an entrepreneur, as a, as a founder, you have to set the culture in the company, how you know, your team is going to work with you and how you're going to expand that. You have to do that same thing in the board. I think that's the mistake um, or, or missing point sometimes for, for entrepreneurs just jumping to the, um, to the VC world. You know, before VCs, I had no board, right? Yeah. No boards. So the... Um, my, my CEO coach uh, taught me that the board works for the CEO, but board also has the power to fire CEO, right? So, so you have to um, deliberately design how you want your board to operate. That's, that's an extension of your team. Um, so that there has to be culture fit, but also um, you have to 
build in a way that you can actually learn how to build companies. That, that's the whole reason, right? Like I wanted to get to 100 million um, and I need to have my board has been there, done that before to give me the right feedback and not just, hey, great job. Uh, you know, every element, they need, they need to tell me where I'm making mistakes and where I should go, but what I should pay attention. So I, I, mean, I am one of those lucky ones um, that, that found a, an investor partner. I call him actually my, my partner. Um, uh, they've been such a great partner to me, the Mercado partners um, out of Salt Lake. And then I was able to put together also um, a board member is like awesome people. You know, the, the, you know, one of them was a CEO of a company for $550 million. The other one manages a small business unit uh, that makes $800 million a year. <laughs> um, right. So um, they're there where you're trying to get to. So you've built that environment. That, that you got group. it. Hmm. So when you, you, one thing is, is, is funding, but then once you have the funding, it's it, allowing you to do a lot more than you could do yourself. So it's hiring, it's building the right team. Uh, what was one of the most important hires that you did after um, getting the VC funding and ready to grow? Yeah, the, 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 the first advice I got from the, the VCs was I stopped doing everything yourself, hire the executive team that's going to help you take, go to the next level. Um, so that's where I started. And I can't say um, I was successful on every hire. Um, you know, what, what do they say? You sometimes win, sometimes you learn. Um, that's, that's still the like case. That. Sometimes um, you win, sometimes you learn. I like that. Yeah, But I started with the executive team. And, and my goal was to find the, the right executives that understands the stages that we're going to go through in the next couple of years and understand what the company needs. And to do that, um, I look for people who has large scale company experiences. So they've seen the scale, but also- already been there and, and that there. stage of scaling. Yes, but also been with the startups. So they understand the struggles and then what, you know, what little resources you may have. Because if you're just exposed to the large company, you have a lot more resources than than, than a startup. Burning right? cash. So so I try to find um, those executives, um, and also again, you know, I'm I'm with them every day, right? In, in um, we work long hours, so there also had to be the cultural fit. So you have to look at the skills and the and the people that you want to work with, and put that together. You're you're at a uh, hundred people now around there. Is that a little, a little over one hundred and fifty? Oh, wow. So what would you say of, of, okay, first getting the right executives, but then building the overall team, how do you keep the, the culture and the energy and everything in sync when it goes far beyond you and the team can, keeps expanding? Is there any advice and tactics that have worked well for you? Um, tactics also changed during the pandemic. Um, so what I relied on uh, was uh, transparency and over communication, right? And and I I have How do you I have communicate. Team. Is it like by email? Is it video calls? Like what's what's you what's so, the tactic you use worked well to communicate? I I I try um, almost everything because I know um, that everybody receives the information different ways. Some people um, get received information by reading. Some people auditory listening, right? Uh, some some visual, some you have to go to lunch with them. 
um, mm -hmm. right? So, so you, um, I use different techniques because you have to as a CEO because you don't know your audience, everybody, you know, what, what, how, how, they, how they learn. Um, but that's, that's been the challenging part with, with the pandemic, right? Like when we, we are all reduced to all digital, only, only digital ones. Um, but, you know, transparency over communicating, I think it's, it's been my best allies. This uh, last year has been probably defining for a lot of folks of having to readjust and, and learn. If, if you had to um, go back and tell yourself one thing a year ago, um, uh, going into this last year, would you, would you say anything to yourself? Or like, actually, you should probably do it this way or that. Anything that you've learned this past year? That's a good question. Um, I don't think we, in, including me, uh, realize the, the impact of uh, mental um, health um, of the people that we work with. You know, um, some, some of my team members, you know, they're in their apartments and they, they don't have anybody. Um, they might have only a cat or a dog, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them couldn't send their kids um, to, to, to school, to, to anywhere. Uh, and then they're, they're missing um, adult conversations, right? Um, some of them are so dedicated that, you know, we, we have, you know, Zoom meetings galore and then they, they work from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., right? So, um, you know, later in the year, we started implementing a few things, right? We, we have, you know, chat hours. We just get on and, and adult, adult talk, no, no business, right? Um, we instituted um, no meetings, on Wednesday afternoons, um, right? Um, or, or forced um, vacations um, every couple months, um, right? And out of the blue. So I think one thing I would have said is that I, like, we probably should have implemented those things in the beginning, um, not in halfway. I think that would, have, that would have helped a little bit more. Mental health in this past year, I think it was an awakening on, on multiple levels. Yeah. And I think in some ways as a business owner, business leader, you may have not had to worry about it or, or it may not have been as forth for the front of your mind to have to worry about these types of things in people's lives, your employees' lives. Yes. Yeah. For your, yourself going forward, um, what do you see as kind of the next big challenge that you need to work on to continue growing? So... Um, as the, as the company grows, um, I, I am less and less involved in the, in the hires, right? I, I used to interview everybody. Um, now we're coming to a place where, you know, I, I can't anymore. So I have to be much more deliberate about our culture, especially my direct reports and maybe one or two layers more, if there's that much layer, um, I, I, I need to constantly uh, talk about it and then make sure we're all on the same page so that we are, we're hiring people that we want to work with that will um, come in. Um, and then I am also realizing that every person that comes in um, adds to the, um, the culture, right? So, so, so I also have to keep up with that, right? It's, it's not just... Um, what FSOft entrepreneurs started, the, the, the founders started, it's how it's evolving. And so I have to keep up with that as well. I think that's one of my challenges. Um, I, 
I really believe in um, that company needs to serve the customers, employees, and investors equally. Um, and and that's um, if we if if one of them outweighs the other one, um, it goes out of balance. So as as I as I bring new investors, as I hire more people, right, and, and as as we are adding. Um, a ton of customers, um, you know, every every month, every quarter. Um, I have to make sure that the balance stays uh, the, the same. So that's that's going to be my challenge. Uh, the last uh, couple of questions uh, for you, Ike, is um, uh, books, podcasts, audiobooks, anything that you've read in the past helped you grow as a leader in business or, or overall that you would recommend? There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. Um, I'll tell you one book. Um, I think that will be helpful to, to this audience. Um, the, the entrepreneurs wants to start this way, um, is the infinite game, Simon Sinek. I love that game. I love that, that book. Um, I think it, it, it's the, it's the underlying, um, um, comment that I, that I, that I made earlier about the, the customers, the employees and, and the investors. It's about building sustainable, businesses and then you know one of those parties may not be happy but if you do the right things everybody uh, will be happy at the end so um I, that's what i recommend i like that. i can imagine for for investors in some cases they, they they're expecting exponential growth but it's a, a, the question if you're in here for the long term to be able to make people happy and not just a short-term game you got it Yes, you got it. For you as a leader, I'm always curious, what's your typical day look like? When you wake up in the morning, like what's what's the one of the first things you do and just like you make sure you do every day? Um, I have um, I have twin girls. So my day uh, kind of starts with them. Um, one of them will want to go to um, a playground in the morning or some kind of activity. Um, it, it starts with, with them. Um, and then I, I, I check my, my schedule. I get ready for my meetings like, like happened t- today. Um, right. And I, I'd like to be prepared for, for the day ahead. Um, so if I don't have time in the morning, I do that in the previous, previous day. Um, during the day, I try to spend my time. It's, it's, it's hard to do it on a weekly ba- daily basis. So I do it on a weekly basis. Some time allocated for my team. Sometimes allocated for customers, sometimes allocated for for my investors. So I just have to um, balance that. Um, in the bigger picture, sometimes on a daily basis, it's hard. Um, my day ends with some sci-fi movie on Netflix, whatever it is. I love it. Ending with sci-fi. So you're you're, you're even uh, technologically futuristic there too, as well. Absolutely, I'm a techie at heart. Um, that that's never gonna go away. What's your favorite um, te- uh, tech movie or show? That, that oh my watch? gosh! How much time do you have? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the audience I have to pick between the Dark Matter, um, the Expanse, oh, and yeah. the Stargate series. I guess so. I'll pick the Dark Matter because there's okay. no, there's no aliens on that one. That's the only one without the aliens. Gotcha. I, I like uh, all three that you choose. Uh, last question for you, just overall if, and in related to your industry, tech predictions. What do you think we'll see in the, in the near term next year or two or a little bit further, maybe five, 10 years from now? 
Sure. I, I think um, it's just going to be like the autonomous driving. You know, we were um, all of a sudden, just like that, uh, we're going to start seeing the AI advance so fast and then sudden that people are going to start automating their businesses, just like what happened with the, you know, autonomous driving. I think we had a lane assist here and there, you know, we, we had the buzzing um, steering wheels, right? It was coming and then boom, right now, um, we're, we're talking about autonomous drivers and then people are, uh, the kids are being taken um, to school by autonomous drivers, uh, right? So that same thing is gonna happen. Um, and, and there are a lot of cool technologies and how to make AI even smarter and teach yourself. Um, but we're also part of it as, you, as, as we talked on the, on the different segment. Um, I think that's, that's the exciting part. It's, it's coming and people are not gonna notice. I'm not going to realize how fast that's going to flip is going to uh, switch. I, I love the, the future you paint and the analogy of, of autonomous driving, how that same concept will apply across the d- different uh, business industries and, and your, your next job, uh, what that will look like. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story and the journey you've been on. For those that want to learn more about their platform and their business, definitely listen to part one of our first interview on uptechreport.com, or you can also go to Evisop. Dot com and be able to see a demo of their platform. Thanks again for your time, Ike. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Alexander. Yeah. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Uptick Report. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. <laughs>